0: Hello and welcome to this PJ Live CPD podcast. In this episode, we speak to PJ professional Adam Lamb.
1: Good, I'm fine. Thank you, Guy. For uh, we're just coming to the end of our golfing season here in Switzerland. I'm based in Switzerland, in Basel, very close to the German-French border, uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's turning winterish out there temperatures mm. have dropped so uh, yeah a little bit more uh, a little bit more time for other projects and and, and some more development for for next year mm. but um it was a good season uh, i'm sure you guys experienced off the back of the covid uh, you know that we had a real sort of boost in in uh, participation numbers interest in in the golf and then obviously like you said with the things with the book as well um you know so i'm, I'm keeping myself busy
0: Oh, well done, sir! Absolutely brilliant. And before we get talking about the book, take us back to the very start for you. How did you make it all the way to Basel?
1: <laughs> so it's a it's a funny story, really. I am. I, um, I began um, my golfing trip in the southwest of England, uh, in Newquay, Cornwall. That's where I grew up playing golf. Newquay Golf Club wasn't really interested in becoming a coach. Um, I was. Uh, I studied sort of business and economics at school, um, and. Uh, When I finished my A-levels, we had a holiday home in in Spain, and I went over there for a few months, um, did some bar work and things just to to take uh, some time out and and decide what I wanted to do with my life. And I joined a a local club there, um, and unfortunately, one of the golf pros became sick, and and they asked me, you know, could I jump in and help with some coaching and and things like that? And and really, um, it progressed from there. I, uh, you know, started helping out a little bit more, and uh, in the end, I actually coached a gentleman who lives in Switzerland, who has a house there. And he said, listen, we need a young uh, dynamic golf professional at our club in, in, in Switzerland. Um, I was 21 at the time, so 20 years ago. Um, would you be interested? And I said, well, I, as I still don't really know what I want to study at a university, I, I could come to Switzerland for maybe a year, learn a new language, see, see a new culture and see where, it, you know, and if I don't like it, I go home and, and I go back to my studies and, and see where it takes me. Uh, yeah, and 20 years later, uh, I'm still here. So.
0: Wow. What was that first adjustment like? What was the lifestyle like in Switzerland?
1: Um, It was difficult. One thing was the fact the language is it's uh, it's sort of a dialect of German. Mm. It's very much their own language. Um, And the very minimal studies I did do on German before I left really just sort of were useless because that was very much German, higher German, it's called. Uh, And I arrived in if you like, in the back end of beyond, in quite a farming rural area of Switzerland with a, with a strong dialect, and, and literally, um, I was understood because I was speaking a little tiny bit of German, but I literally couldn't understand a word. So the first few months were quite lonely. I remember, um, you know, calling my mum once a week, uh, telephone box back then. So, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, chuck in the coins in. Just to, you know, because I didn't know very many people, but soon, you know, as it is with a lot of expats, uh, you know, local Irish bar, I got to know some English guys, some British guys, uh, um, played a little bit of football then and, uh, as well. And then some of the guys were members of the golf club and then started to obviously feel a little bit more comfortable. But I remember giving my first golf lesson in, in, in German and literally, you know, you can sort of hear, hear yourself talking. And it's echoing in your mind and you're like, well, what am I talking about? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> am I being understood? Am I, you know, uh, so, yeah. So a big, a big change, a big dive into the unknown. But I always had that security that I knew if it all went wrong, I could, uh, you know, I can go home and and, and uh, sort of rebuild from there. So.
0: Yeah. And and we get a lot of members we chat to from, from overseas who coach. And is that one of the things that you did straight away, trying to immerse yourself within the culture a little bit, like you talked about joining football setups, going to bars, just trying to immerse yourself as much as you can?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it's one of the most important things. I think if you don't do it when you immediately arrive in a country and you don't make a big effort, you can feel completely isolated. Uh, and I know tons of pros out here who have come and gone you know, just because they, you know, and then they'll blame it on the mentality of the Swiss being not particularly open or not particularly friendly, but, but, You know, um, if you don't speak the language and and, and you're not able to communicate, um, it's difficult. It's very difficult. And the the Swiss are the Swiss German, because obviously Switzerland splits into French and Italian parts as well. But the Swiss Germans are definitely very, very reserved in in, in terms of, you know, they're not going to open their arms and and, uh, greet you when they don't know you. So without the language skills and without the ability to at least get involved in activities, it is difficult. Uh, And I can understand some people feel very, very lonely. Mm.
0: And you touched on it there a little bit around it's very seasonal. It is. It stops. It snows. It's difficult. What's what's the plan and what do you do when it is very winter? Have you got indoor premises that you coach in? So I have a mixture of
1: um, of uh, opportunities. I have like a, a simulator in Basel in the city, which I which I use now and again. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the indoor mm-hmm. setup. If possible, I'd like to be outside. Our range is open all year, but obviously, yeah, you are hitting the ball off the snow sometimes. Really, you can't collect the balls. Um, and I and I have um, some winter golf groups that go that start now this weekend and go right through the season um you know for those hardcore dedicated golfers <laughs> um, so I'll do them once a month and uh and then I'll um I have a golf tent as well I'm sure you guys may be aware of the, of the golf tent product um which I uh which I can put up I can heat it I got a little coffee machine in there uh, and I'm able to work pretty much outside then most of the year using the golf tent
0: absolutely amazing so you, you have got to adapt really haven't you again it's adapting to the conditions that are around you and the clients that that are kind of as you said the hardcore golfers you want to play all, all year round
1: yeah and you have to offer it um you know a lot of pros will disappear go away six months south africa can't blame them if they don't have family or they're not tied down um but you know if you're looking at you know we'll mention that later in the book, but. Creating long-term development plans and things like that. You know, some of my students are on year subscriptions, mm. um, where they're where they're they're signed up for twelve months for improvement plans. You know, so that includes the five months in winter yeah. that they want to work on their golf games. And so mm. you have to produce um, some facilities for them to do that.
0: Mm. And, and I think that's something that very topical. Touching touching now on 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 your on your book. It's an amazing project. It's maximizing your income as a modern day sports coach and just give the members who are listening to this podcast today a bit of an insight of, of how that journey began with the book
1: well um i'm an avid reader and audiobook uh listener i literally uh, you know I've, every time i get in the car the audiobooks are on and, and uh, i've gathered a lot of information uh financial information business information i'm actually self-employed myself i have multiple businesses so i'm a bit of an entrepreneur in the, in that mm-hmm. sense, and. Um, I think I just felt that I had something to offer that wasn't easy to find, um, isn't available. And that is sort of a breakdown of really, you know, how do you develop your coaching business from nothing to, to open in multiple streams of income, but a real sort of spoon-fed step-by-step uh, guide to to the business aspect of golf. You know, there's so much information and you can see behind me uh, one of my book mm-hmm. <laughs> things there you know uh, and I think 90% of the books in that bookcase are golf there's so much information available on how to coach the game and how to teach the game and how to become a good teacher communicator to gather knowledge about technique but um, in terms of actually like how do you run then your business and how do you make money and how do you invest money and how do you produce products and services mm-hmm. for your clients how what you know how do you communicate with them correctly I felt that was missing. Mm. Um, and I felt that I had something to share in, in that aspect of how I've done it, um, because I started off um, in, in, a, in a sort of a debt cycle, if you like, because we're very, very seasonal. I used to earn a lot of money in the six, seven months in, in the in the summer and I'd blow it all in the winter. to live on it and you know to enjoy myself and I'd I'd kind of be starting again every spring and I'd have credit card debts and I'd have um, loans off my parents and and things like that and after three or four years of literally working my ass off seven days a week you know um, 45 hours plus um, I had nothing to show for it you know And at some point I said to myself, this has got to change. And I had to have an honest word with myself, look at myself in the mirror and and start at the very beginning, you know, Um, how can I change this situation? How can I uh, look at my spending habits, which you mentioned in the book? Um, How can I start to put money aside? How can I create sort of uh, new streams of income? And through that experience uh, that I have uh, of this boom and bust cycle, if you like, um, I was able to sort of put that into words into the book because I've been there and done it. And I'm fortunate now that 20 years later, you know, uh, I have a very successful coaching business. Uh, uh, I'm, I have financial freedom uh, and I've done it, for, if you like, from, from a position that many, many of the listeners will find themselves in.
0: Mm, yeah and I imagine especially as well we've got a, a potentially some trainees and some newly qualified members on a call and I can think of a friend in my head now who was just coming to the final stages of his PJ qualification and he brags to me all the time of he's making x amount of money and he's he's got no commitments of family or any pressures he still lives at home but I can very easily see how quick as you talked about there that money can dwindle away and you can just fritter that money away if anything and then you are starting again every week every month every year
1: yeah and also you know you the unexpected you know i remember one year um i was completely up to my eyes in debt start of the season and i'm I'm rubbing my hands ready to go you know it's it's the end of march and it literally rained for 10 weeks it literally like almost like flooding type rain and and i gave probably 20 percent of what i would normally do for those two months so suddenly i'm another two months behind you know I had no money on the side trying to pay my debts off and things like that so the unexpected things and I'm sure we've all you know you know enough said about it but with the pandemic of the last two years as well Mm. you know suddenly your freedoms can be taken away and and you literally cannot work even if you want to work Mm. and you know, and if you are, like you said, if you are extravagant in your lifestyle, and you are used to earning a certain amount of money and spending and living in a certain lifestyle, buying yourself things, going out for dinner, nice cars, and then you, and then an expensive apartment maybe in the middle of the mm. city, then the money stops. Then you're really in trouble.
0: Yeah, yeah. And was was that for you that light bulb moment when that debt kind of racked up? Were you just thinking one day you sat down and went, I've got to sort this out. I've got to, I've got to put a stop to this cycle.
1: I mean, I think one of the crunch moments was running out of petrol um, (laughs) in my car, trying to get to work, been literally on fumes on the car and knew that I wouldn't be able to put any money in the tank because my card wouldn't allow it. Um, So that was a point where I'm sat in the car saying, you know, this can't be right. And obviously, you know, the the wages in Switzerland are are considerably higher than most of Europe, but Mm. I probably uh, will have been on the equivalent to around about... Eight or nine thousand a month back then, and mm. still managed to be in debt. Mm. <laughs> so, you know,
0: you <laughs> had a good time with it, Adam. That's the only <laughs> but, yeah, positive I say. Right very there. good
1: time. And I mentioned <laughs> in the book about things I did buy myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I just, I'd read them, I'd just read the book just for the things that Adam brought with, the, <laughs> with that eight, nine thousand yeah. a month
1: so um yeah so that was definitely a moment where i was just you know i think just overall I'm, I'm, I'm a reasonably intelligent person and i've always been reasonably in control of my life uh i've got a lot of get up and go uh you know i'm, I'm and to be sat there sort of in that position i was really disappointed with myself more than anything that i'd let myself get into this situation that uh, it was totally through my decision making
0: yeah and
1: my ignorance if you like um And that's when it changed. That's when I said I needed to become financially stable. I needed to understand finance more. I needed to understand business more. And then I moved after six years from the first club. I moved to a new club here near um, Basel and I became self-employed. And then, of course, you know, when you become self-employed and you literally don't have a salary and you're joining a new club where nobody knows you and it takes time to find your feet, then, you know, you cannot live that lifestyle anymore because you finished um so that helped i needed to now uh, live a different lifestyle i needed to be responsible for my taxes for my savings for my investments uh we have private health insurance here that you know you have to pay and things like that um, so that was the step where i said you know if i don't change i'm finished mm. um, and if i do change maybe i can build something successful mm.
0: And what I I really enjoyed about the book, it had had structure to it, and it's got structure to it in terms of, we talked on our pre-chat around about that you can go away and do an activity, so you suggest a task or suggest a process, and then you can physically go and do it, rather than maybe some books out there on finance, on business management, where you... Read it and go, okay, what do I do now? I've I've read the, the read, and there's plenty out there. I imagine members on the call today have, have, have read those kind of books, but yours seems very much activity-based and very much get up and go and do. Was that always the intention with the book?
1: Yeah, it was always the intention. I wanted the, um, I wanted it to be a spoon-fed. Uh, you know if you don't know how to market yourself or if you don't know how to put together a, a package or a subscription or add value to your customers or you don't know how to communicate with your customers effectively um that there's no philosophy in there and, and you know you go away and you say that's nice thanks for all the examples but how do I do it yeah. um, I wanted it to be and I hope that is the case that you can literally say I'm showing you how to do it step by step. Uh, this is how you can build a package. This is how, uh, how, a, how one of my subscriptions might look like. This is what a, a long distance subscription might look like. This is the technology you would need. This is how you use it. That you could really pick up the book, read something, and like you said, put it down and actually can't go and do it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a very much a scribble book as well, or a book where you've got post-it notes coming out of your ears with it because it just it's it, one of those very t- tactile. I like the thought of the tactility about it, and not being able to to kind of just, as you said, pick it up, flick through it, write a few notes, go and put it into action. And I think that's the key to a lot of, again, you talked about self-employed business. You've got to be your own person. I mean you? you've got to be in control of of everything, every facet of your business from your marketing to, to your finance, to your delivery.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, and and they're not skills that you automatically have. You know, um we we you know you can be a fantastic coach and I'm for I, I know many great coaches um who are terrible business people mm. and you know, you you can be the guy who. The funny thing is, is, you can be the guy who's really busy all the time, and and still not really after 10 years of working be in a position where you can say, well, I think I'll take two days off a week now, or mm-hmm. three days off, or you know, I am going to take that six-week trip to South Africa because um, I don't need to uh, work Sundays and Saturdays anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they've been very busy and they're renowned coaches. The, we we do not necessarily automatically have the skills for a business to build a business and to run a successful business. And like you said, there's so many elements of that. And when you're self-employed, you have this existence stress, you know, if I don't work, I don't earn, and if I don't earn, I can't eat, and I can't put food on the table. And that existence stress—it it weighs heavy on you when 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 you're um, when things aren't going well. Yeah. And what I wanted with this book was to see that you know um, that there are millions of ways, if you like, or certainly hundreds of ways, in how you can market yourself and open new streams of income, mm. and not be reliant on just your coaching. And I also wanted to bring back the importance of the coach. This was, this was something as well that was, was in the heart of the book that I'm very fortunate. I'm the head pro of my club. And, and uh, you know, I have some very nice, good sponsorship deals with some reputable companies. And, and um, I've bought the book out and things. I'm well respected. But also I, I, I consider myself a very, very integral part of my golf club, a very important part. Yeah. And I think the golf director and our committee would agree with that. Um, I bring sponsors to the club. I organize events with sponsors. I, I bring a lot of members to our golf club. Um, and these are aspects I think also that are important that if you can make yourself what I call sort of this person of influence, um, mm-hmm. you can have a really positive effect on your club. And the club also needs to uh, maybe put the pro a little bit more, in this back in the center you know it's a different discussion but um the pro is definitely getting further and further away from the heartbeat of the club yeah. and i think if you can implement a lot of the strategies and things that are in the book i think you'll find that you, you you know you become a very important integral part of the club once again
0: yeah and and that's what i felt when when reading the book was that it gave you a little bit of empowerment when you finish the book of i've got a structure i've got a process and when I, when my previous um, roles with England Golf, I remember, I think it was three or four years ago. But the stats probably hasn't changed that much. But twenty-five, only twenty-five percent of golf clubs have got a business plan. So if pros can go and apply themselves with your learnings and with your teachings and have that structure, have a plan, especially a financial plan as well, that it will set them in higher stand at their facilities and within their employment situations as well.
1: Yeah, I, if if the pro can become, uh, you know. Worth more than they are at the moment to the club. It also gives you a, a negotiation to maybe change the fee that the club is. For, you know, I know in the UK also happening here a lot as well. But the the clubs are demanding quite a, a huge fee, twenty percent and stuff like that. And I, and I and I think you know if you, if you can make yourself if you like. Indisposable through your work. Um, you can probably go to the club with, with like you said, with a good financial business plan and say, listen, I'm going to bring this many people. I'm going to bring this many events. Uh, uh, I'm going to hold a big event here. This many people are going to eat this many green fees. And if you can do that year on year, you're in a very strong position to turn around to the club and say, you know, come on, I'm bringing in a lot of money here and I'm bringing in a lot of members. Can we negotiate the fee? Yeah. Uh, whereas, of course, you can't come in and bring nothing and then just start complaining that you're paying too much. Because they'll just say, "Well, take it, you know, take it or leave it." You've got to make yourself an important mm. figure within that club where somebody says, "Oh, yeah, come on, we want to keep this pro. He's doing a great job. Let's let's come on, let's reduce his fee, or let's give him some sort of um, some sort of kickback or commission, or let's try and help him with his work." Um, you know, that that's definitely, I think, an important part of the book as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And what I've also noticed from doing some research for today's interview that that you're very much a person who wants to give back and support as well. I know on your website, you've got a free consultation offer for business support. Is that something you you want to do more of going forward?
1: Yeah, I I absolutely love um, helping people uh and um especially coaches you know uh, that's that's one of the reasons I wrote the book of course you write a book because you want to share everything in your mind you want to help other people um and uh definitely um if I think that I can help a golf professional out there who's struggling um through my knowledge and through my my skills then 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 definitely you know um I've had a little bit of feedback since the book's come out. A few people have reached out to me and asked me to help them with their businesses. And and yeah, definitely I'd like to go more into that direction of, of consultancy and supporting pros over num, uh, numerous months and, uh, and trying to help
0: them have the success that, I, that I've had. Yeah, and I think that's the key. It's not being afraid. Anybody who's listening to today's podcast, it's not being afraid to put your hand up and ask for help. And yeah. especially at the early stages of a career, um, was that something that you had, Adam? Did you have any business mentors or people that, that helped Yeah, I coaches? mean, I've got a,
1: a few a few mentors um, that, I, that I can, uh, you know, big thank you out to who, first of all, helped me with my own game. You know, so I always mm-hmm. felt as a golf professional, um, as a golfer, that I wanted to go and see some top coaches, first of all, to improve my golf game, but secondly, to see how they did it. You know, how do they work? And I was fortunate, uh, you know, Jonathan Wallet is one, um, Graham Curry, another one, Andrew Cullen, people around me who um, a lot of experience um, and definitely showed me different ways of, 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 of uh, being a golf coach. You know, mm. Three different personalities, three different ways of doing it. And, and they were people who I looked to and I reached out to and I said, listen, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I was very fortunate that they came back and mm. supported me. And, and, and that's what I want to you know, pay forward, as I mentioned in the book. Um, you know, give, Don't do somebody always, uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out, like you said, and think that someone's going to want a lot off you for it. And if mm. somebody asks you for your help, don't turn around and say it's going to cost you this much. Just try and help each other. And I think you know better than me, but I think golf pros was a very isolated job, isn't it? And uh, there's a lot of turf wars out there, you know, and you're not allowed to come here with your clients. And I'm in this club and you're in the club next door. We're enemies. Um, But at the end of the day, if we can all help each other and we can all be more successful and we can sort of lift, if you like, the the level of coach and the level of knowledge out there for the for business um, will all be more profitable and we'll all we'll, we'll actually be more reputable and it will open more doors for us as well
0: yeah absolutely superb adam just wanted to wish you all the very best with the book and for any members who are listening to the podcast today you can purchase adam's book it's an ebook now available and um, through his website we'll put the link in the description below for you it's maximizing your income as a modern day sports coach adam congratulations thank you so much for your time thanks a lot gareth appreciate it thanks for having me on no worries at all thanks everybody out there for listening and we'll see you again soon